T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It is 9.07. Thanks for joining us for Total Information AM. The vast majority of people sent to prison will be released back into society. But what happens to them then? It's something a lot of people probably don't think about, but the kind of re-entry into society they experience can make all the difference as to whether that person does well or returns to prison. And what about the families of the person who goes to prison? They're impacted as well. Since 1979, Criminal Justice Ministry in St. Louis has been helping those impacted by incarceration. Joining us is the Executive Director of Criminal Justice Ministry, or CJM, Tom Casey. Good morning. Good morning, Debbie. How are you? Good. Now, Tom, when a person's released from prison, especially after a long time in prison, is there any kind of re-entry program, or is it like the prison gates open and out they go, and just hopefully they have someone to pick them up with a couple of bucks in their pocket? Yeah, so for too many people, especially those who are completing their full sentence, uh, it is exactly that, that they're, they're released and they, they, they're left to their own devices to find uh, housing, to find employment, et cetera. And we know for many of them, employers um, are reluctant to hire folks with a record, particularly certain types of convictions. We know that many landlords are reluctant to rent to people who have a, who have a, uh, a history of convictions. And we also know that many families are ill-prepared to take care of them. And, and many benefits that we provide uh, to folks who are uh, suffering with low income, et cetera, people with a conviction might not be eligible for. So our program, Criminal Justice Ministry, we provide a housing program in St. Louis. We're supporting right now, we have about 76 people living in apartments scattered around South St. Louis. And we meet them as they're coming out of prison. And we provide them a fully furnished apartment. We provide case management and support to help them with the process of returning to society. And after 12 months with us, the hope is that they, uh, they become employed. Uh, they're able to live independently. They're able to pay their bills. They become a taxpaying, contributing member of our community instead of uh, what happens to so many folks is, you know, about I think nationally, about 60 some percent of people who are released from prison end up returning within three years. And we try to prevent that. We think uh, uh, we're having a study done right now. but We think as many as 80 uh, percent of the people who go through our program avoid reincar- reincarceration. Criminal Justice Ministries, CJM. How did it start, Tom? So back in 1979, uh, members of the Archdiocese, Catholic Archdiocese in Lewis, were looking around saying, you know, how are we responding to this gospel call that when I was in prison, you visited me? And from that discussions, et cetera, they began the idea of forming a ministry that would focus on serving people who were incarcerated. So it started as a, as a ministry of the Society of St. Vincent Paul and grew from there. So today, we continue to support that ministry work, going in and being a, a ministry of presence to people who are who are incarcerated may never get out. But we also do additional things. We try to support people in developing skills to help them with their return. We provide assistance to anyone returning to the St. Louis area. They can come to us and we'll provide a backpack. We help them to navigate the different uh, programs that are available, help them find landlords and employers who would be supportive to them, connect them to other organizations that do that work. And then, as I said, we do our housing program as well, uh, where we welcome back folks and try to to set them up to to become uh, independent and successful in society. Christmas is a tough time of year for a lot of people, and CJM, I know, has helped those incarcerated during the holidays, trying to spread a little holiday joy, but that was 
basically impossible during the pandemic. And I know a lot of the services were difficult to to for the for those who were who you were helping outside of of prison life. So how did all of that um, work itself out? And how are you looking now post pandemic? Yeah, no, I, I joined CJM in the middle of the pandemic. And so everything was shut down. So many of the prisons, you know, in an effort to uh, stop the spread of COVID, you know, they stopped having visitors, they stopped allowing programs to come in, et cetera. And that had a devastating effect for those who were inside in terms of just, you know, any kind of uh, stimulation, any kind of contact with family, et cetera. Today, most of our programming is back. We're, we're trying to recruit folks. We're, we're looking for volunteers who are willing to go back in because many of the people who did it previously, you know, a lot of them were a little bit older, uh, had uh, some nervousness about going back because of continuing health concerns. A lot of the prisons, you know, the way they're doing things are different today, both because of, you know, ongoing um, uh, COVID-related restrictions, but also short staffing across the prison. So that has impacted their ability to support programs. But I, but I will say most of them are trying to welcome us back, trying to have us come in and do things. On the outside, uh, you know, one of the, the things that benefited our staff or our, our uh, clients in many ways was that, you know, the many more employers are willing to, to give them a chance because they were so desperate for employees. And so we're finding uh, many of our folks uh, are able to get employment. Housing has been a huge challenge for us. You know, there's always been a challenge for someone with low income and, and with a record. But today, with prices going up on, on rents, et cetera, it's making it even harder for our, our returning citizens to be able to find decent and affordable housing in the city. And that, that's not just true for our, for our clients, but anybody of low income. It's a challenge in St. Louis today to find, to find affordable and decent housing. You know, it's really something to think about, Tom, as they're released from prison, going back to the very basics of necessities, hygiene items, uh, IDs, mm-hmm. how to get an, how mm-hmm. to locate a birth certificate and all of those things. Right, Tom? Yeah, there's several coalitions trying to push the state and the Department of Corrections to really consider making sure that everyone being released from prison has identification. It's a basic thing. You can't do anything if you can't prove who you are. And so we do a lot of uh, a lot of birth certificates, a lot of state IDs that we help people obtain. We're working with a coalition of folks to to really advocate for a change to that. But it is for so many that come out, especially if they don't have family in the city uh, or if they've, you know, if their crime involved the family, and the family sort of doesn't want to deal with them anymore. You get folks who are really desperate for how do they meet their basic needs? How do I how do I find a safe place to stay? How do I find a job? Uh, many of them, you know, especially after a long term inside, it's like returning to a foreign land. You know, navigating, uh, how do I use a phone today? How do I, uh, you know, grocery stores are overwhelming, things like that. So there's a lot of basics we try to help people with that can really derail them. You know, if you're not able to find decent housing, if you're not able to, to meet your basic needs, that that's things that push people back into problem behaviors that may wind them up back in incarceration. So when you think of the challenges of mental health issues, of drug abuse issues, et cetera, you know, not having um, not having your basics met is going to cause people more likely to fall into those those negative behaviors. You mentioned mental health, and we talk about mental health a lot, but the sad fact is there's not a lot of mental health help out there available for just about anyone. But we do know a lot of people who are in prison do have mental health issues. So how do you handle that? Yeah, we, we work with a lot of other agencies we refer clients to. We have, we're fortunate to have staff, uh, case managers, peer support specialists, and a counselor on our staff, but we're not able to meet the, the huge demand out there. We, we do know, as you point out, I mean, many of the folks coming out of incarceration are suffering from multiple issues, substance abuse histories, and, and underlying mental health issues that, that cause them to, to struggle with, you know, maintaining a, a sort of normal lifestyle. And so, uh, again, we're fortunate that we have partners out there, other agencies who we can we can refer clients to. And then our case managers work with those in our in our housing program 
to help them with, with rebuilding their skills, rebuilding relationships, uh, to deal with how to uh, conduct themselves in an employment situation. Tom, I'd imagine that you have to recruit volunteers pretty much year-round. How do you do that, and how do people get involved? Yeah, so during COVID, we kind of, you know, shut all that down. But we recently, uh, this fall, we hired a new volunteer ministry coordinator, and part of her role is to go out and spread the word about the opportunities that are out there to work both inside the institutions and then outside doing programming that, that we offer for folks. So we do a lot of outreach through, uh, historically, you know, we're a Catholic organization by, by history, and so we go through the churches, parishes, things like that. We use the online, you know, uh, systems as well out there, volunteer match, et cetera. But it's a lot of word of mouth. It's a lot of reaching out to people. And there are many opportunities uh, for folks who are, who are willing to, to give it a chance. Going inside and working with that population, you know, they're, they're people who are really so grateful for assistance, you know, uh, with anything that would help them to improve themselves and give them a better shot at being successful to take care of their families, to return to their community. Uh, so, you know, anything from uh, uh, journaling to help them deal with emotions, et cetera, from basic you know, helping to finish their, their high school diplomas, things like that, um, are all kind of things that are welcome and needed. Yeah, or if you've got some extra grocery gift cards laying around or some furniture that could help somebody's <laughs> apartment, there's so many ways to help. There are, there are. And we, you know, just one example of the way people responded. We, as you know, Debbie, I think your daughter baked for us uh, last year. She did. We do a cookie drive to try and bring a little bit of uh, joy into, into the folks inside. And we, we had such a tremendous response from folks this year. We had thousands of cookies, and so we were able to not only bring in cookies to uh, Potosi Correctional Institution and Farmington Correctional Institution to visit the special needs units there, but we distributed to several other agencies across the city, like Dismas House, uh, like the, tra- the Transition Center, and then even over in, in uh, East St. Louis, an uh, organization called the Brothers Keepers, another reentry program there. We, we were able to give out cookies to their clients as well. Well, if you'd like to help criminal justice ministry, there's many ways to help. And you can just uh, look up criminal justice ministry. It'll just pop up. It's in uh, just south of downtown. So, Tom Casey, thanks so much and uh, great job. Continue. Have a great new year. Thank you. Same to you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 